Nehemiah chapter 1. I can't be in this book without saying, or at least in this chapter without saying this. Uh, it shows us how to pray in this chapter. And we pray by Acts. A-C-T-S. We find that in verse 5 where he is saying, O Lord God of heaven, thou great and terrible God, which would be today terminology awesome uh, that keeps covenant and mercy uh, with them. And then in, uh, the next letter is confession, which would be verse 6 and 7. He confesses his sins. And then we see in verse 8 through 10, he is giving God thanksgiving. And then he does all of that before he gives God what he's really wanting God to do and come up big in his life, which is a supplication. We find that in verse 11. So there is the correct way to pray. Now, let me read Nehemiah chapter 1. We'll start with verse, we'll just go ahead and start with verse 1. The words of Nehemiah, the son of Hakaliah, maybe if you put marbles in your mouth and try to say that, it'd work out better. And it came to pass in the month of Shishlalu, in the 20th year, as I was, maybe I should have started with verse 2. <laughs> That's why I did. Hananiah, one of my brethren, came, he and certain men of Judah, and I asked them concerning the Jews that had escaped, which were left of the captivity, and concerning Jerusalem. What had happened, the Babylonian captivity, and the people of God had been taken to current Iran, current-day Iran. And he is concerned about Jerusalem. And they said... To me, the remnant that are left of the captivity there in the province are in great affliction and, re and reproach. The wall of Jerusalem also is broken down. The gates thereof are burned with fire. It came to pass when I heard these words, I sat down and wept and mourned certain days and fasted and prayed before the God of heaven. Lord, we ask and pray that this message this day, Lord, would be the encouragement that someone needs to hear. Help us all, Lord God, to not be complacent not have the attitude that somebody else is going to do it, but help us, Lord, to all be involved in your work. In Jesus' wonderful name, amen. Let me read a few cards. I've got one letter here. This is from Cindy Markley, Centralia Branch. Dear Mark and Kay, I wanted to send you guys a little note to let you know how much we love and respect you both. Lonnie and I feel so much at home at Orchardville, we have never felt that way about a church before. And I wanted to thank you both for the love and the care you both showed everyone who you come in contact with. I knew Jennifer and Steve Upchurch when I worked with Jennifer a few years ago. I did not in my wildest dreams think that I would be going to church that, and that they would be the pastoral leaders. What a difference that they have made in our family's lives. I want to thank you also because about five years ago, I and my family got the opportunity to have you baptize us one Sunday. What an experience. Me, Lonnie, my daughters, Diane and Amy, and Amy's husband, Joe, got baptized. It was an awesome experience. A couple of months after that, you baptized two of my grandchildren, Michael Phil Yaw and 
and uh, Abby Criley got baptized. Wow, God is good. Finally, I want to let you know that you and Kay are in our prayers daily and also that my brother's church in Marion pray for you each day. Thank you for being such godly, caring people by showing us how we are to live each day of our lives here on earth. Thank you also for giving us Steve and Jennifer Upchurch. Cindy Markley. Uh, this is from Brian and Tina, lifting you up in our prayers always with much love, Brian and Tina. Thank you. And this is from Steve, Nick, and I'm going to say it's Adrian or Adrienne. Um, thank, then they go to, uh, I believe they go to Centralia Branch. Thank you all. I th thank you for your prayers. We could feel God's presence through all of this. We have a wonderful God. He truly saved my son's life. The doctor said he knew that God was in the operating room guiding him through the surgery. Just want you to thank everyone from church for all the prayers and support. Mark, we have a great church and a greater God. Thank you. P.S. Mark, I pray for you every day. God will heal you. Thank you, Steve and Nick, Adrian. And Pastor Mark sending prayers. You mean so much to so many. We hope you feel better each day. From Roy and Judy Shell. Thank you. Now, what we have looked at in Never Stop Improving, so far we've looked at tears. We've also looked at determination. We've also looked at rhythm. We've also looked at vision. And today, we're going to look at compassion. We are made in the very image of God. That's one of the reasons why the devil hates us. And God is a builder. God is a builder. Leroy Blankenship, who we'll have here, I think, in September or October, he has, a wonderful, he has a wonderful song about that, about God being a builder. And he is. He is. He even used, he even used uh, contractor, contractor terms. It says he framed the world. That's how contractors speak, on framing something up. If that is so, that God is a builder, and we are like, we are his children, and we are to be like him, we should be builders. Does that make sense? It does. It does. And I feel that God has compassion, and that's something that we ought to have. And if you don't have it, I think that you can build it within yourself. Compassion. The word calm means with. With passion. With passion. And if you get your dictionary out, you'll see something rather amazing. The next word after passion is the word passive. That's interesting to me. Because passion is drive and fury and let's get the job done. And passive is, I don't care if I win or lose. 
That's a passive sissy is what that is. I don't care if I win or lose. Come weal or woe or status is quo. That's being passive. And I'll guarantee you God didn't call any of us to be passive. Passion is what we need. In Matthew 16, Jesus asked the disciples, who do men say that I am? And the disciples said, some say you're Elijah and others say that you're Jeremiah. And Jesus said, yeah, but who do you say that I am? But it's interesting to me that God, that they use those words and that those two godly men, how different they were and both of them are spot on. Some say you're Elijah. The Bible says in James chapter 5 that he was a man of like passion, such as you and I. There's passion. Jeremiah was known as the weeping prophet. There's the compassion. Some say you're Elijah. You have passion. Some say that you're Jeremiah. You have compassion. And thank God if we could all be there, but here's the, here's the blunt, factual truth. America is on its way down because we are losing the moral anchor that we've had for over 200 years. To where now anything goes. For right now, it's who do you say, who are you to tell me that this is wrong? Yeah, what the Bible says. I don't care what the Bible said. That was a book written by men. How many of you ever heard people say that? That is one of the most asinine statements I know of. So it would be better if they found a book in a field somewhere and that would be what they would go by? I don't think so. I don't think so. The church must arise and to do that, we must have passion and compassion. God put Ezekiel in a valley of dry bones. And I love Ezekiel's answer when God said, Ezekiel, oh boy, can these bones live? And it was an army at one time. There are tens of thousands of bones that are there. And I love Nehemiah's answer. Nehemiah said, oh God, you know they can. You know they can. God's word is true if it's in the midst of a valley, or God's word is true if you're on the very mountaintop. Either way, God's word is true. And the bones came together and God breathed life into them. Now, if you only get one thing I say in this whole message, this is, the, this is it right here. This is the tagline. This is the one you want to remember. This is it. You got it? I'm not telling you to forget everything else, but most of you do. But <laughs> if you're going to forget everything, re please remember this. God only breathes life into that which is connected. Yeah. Oh, preacher, I'll do my own thing. I don't need the church. Every Sunday morning I get up and I, and I, I don't go to church. I play that Chris Christopherson song. Me and Jesus, we got our own thing going. Me and Jesus, we got it all worked out. Chris is full of rocks. That's not accurate. That's not accurate at all. The church is here on this world for a purpose. So that we can all get plugged in and help somebody else. That's right. That's right. Something that happened to me when I was, no, I don't know. Uh, I probably wasn't even a teenager yet. And uh, my dad started watching a, 
a late night movie. He worked, uh, he worked at 3 to 11. He'd get home about 11.30. And he started watching The Thing, that old black and white movie. How many of you have ever seen that movie? The Thing, where this ship from outer space landed and these men are, are in the, I think, the Arctic. Who knows who The Thing was? Who said that? Who said that? Who said that? Oh, Greg got that? See, people are thinking this is rigged. <laughs> Dad woke me up, and I watched that movie with him. Uh, he didn't want to watch it by himself, I think. And we're watching that, and them men, and the, and the dogs that the men had, and the th thing attacks them or whatever. And the dogs, they ripped the hand off of the man, off of the uh, outer space being. They take the hand, and they place it on the table. And the doctor is looking at it. Everybody else is looking at it. And then all of a sudden, just that hand, and they're playing this, this creepy sounding music. And then all of a sudden, that hand, it, it twitched. And man, they all jumped back. And you know, it just started, scare me to death. <laughs> and here's the point. It was just a hand. It was just a hand. Scare me to death. I've never watched a Chucky movie in my life, but I think of all the stupid movies, who would be afraid of a doll? <laughs> And I thought back, the same thing that scared me back then is what scares me today. Any person who says they're a Christian, and they'll be a Christian all out here by themselves, yeah? That's spooky to me. That's scary to me. I'll be a hand, but I'm just going, I don't have to be connected to anything else. No, God only blesses that. He's only going to breathe on and bless that which is connected. Amen. No, I don't need the church. Really? Next time you get sick, you call your TV preacher, see if he'll land his plane in your wheat field. <laughs> you know what his number is. It's 1-800-SEND-ME-YOUR-CASH-NOW. <laughs> That's his number. Nehemiah is broken for his city and for the people. The reason why... Is because the walls are broken down. Nehemiah is a type of the Holy Spirit. His name literally means God is comfort. That's what the Holy Spirit is, comfort. He'll be the comforter. See, the temple was in place. It's there. The walls around the temple, they are, have all been torn down. It's much like a person that's saved and don't have any spiritual protection they're saying the temple is there, but the walls around the temple, they've been broken down. And if a segment of wall in your life has been broken down of compassion, you need to start working on that, allowing God to help you prepare, repair that and finish that work. You're saved. The temple's there, but it's the wall around the temple. Why do I have compassion? Here's one of the reasons. 
Because I believe whosoever will. I believe whosoever will. I do not believe in Reformed theology. Nowhere in the Bible does God say, I have elected some to salvation and others to damnation. It's not in the Bible. Listen to this. Here's another. I'm going to give you another one. If you, if, not one, but two. If, don't, don't forget this one right here. God has foreordained the how, not the who. Remember that one. Think of the rich young ruler. He comes to Jesus and says, well, what can I do to have eternal life? And Jesus is able to look right through that man. And he says, and he knows his God is, 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 is money is his God. And he looks right through him and he says, as he finds that out, and he says this to the young man. Give away everything you got and come and follow me. And the Bible says the young man had great possessions and he would not follow Jesus. Why go through that if God has elected some and not elected others? Why even go through that scenario? Do you see what I'm saying there? Why even go through it? Jesus didn't say that you're part of the elect or you're not. Jesus overlooked Jerusalem and said, how often would I have gathered you together, but you would not. It was a choice. And that kind of compassion with Jesus reaching out, that's what we need. Thank God for Orchardville Church. But you know what? For Orchardville Church to succeed, we need everyone to get on board. We need everyone to be a builder. When you're given an opportunity to serve or to volunteer or recruited, jump at that opportunity. Jump at that opportunity. Because someone saw your potential, someone trusted you with responsibility. God is a builder. Jesus said, I will build my church. The temple was there but the walls were broken down. How many seen the movie, Evan Almighty? That was one with Noah, wasn't it? Where you're like, Noah? He tells his wife and says, I don't know if I can build this. And his wife said, then don't. See, there will always be naysayers. Always. Always be people saying that you can't do it. Always. There'll always be naysayers. On top of the 30 by 40 basement, we build up. And the reason why? Compassion. After that, we built what's now, and well, really, no. We built, after that, we built additional, uh, I don't know how many square feet, but we built uh, on toward the north. For classrooms, and we did that because of compassion. Where the kids' church is at right now, we built that because of compassion. The place where you're set, where you're set right now, where you are seated, we built it because of compassion. And all these rooms around this building, the Centralia branch, we built because of compassion. Adding on to the Centralia branch because of compassion. Built the Royal Ranger building because of compassion. Built the Girls of Grace building 
because the grace, girls of grace leaders wouldn't leave me alone because the Royal Rangers had a building. Because of compassion. Built the Fairfield branch because of compassion. Preacher, what if we fail? Hey, hey, what if we succeed? Yeah, what if we succeed? And Nehemiah said, we built this wall because the people had a mind to work. If you took the population of the whole world and wrapped it around the world, shoulder to shoulder, it would go around the world. Anyone want to guess? Thirty times. If you was able to go 25 miles per hour and do it 20 hours every day, giving each person a Bible, it would take four years and 40 days. And the current rate the church is going, if we tried to reach all of America, it would take us 320 years. That's kind of sad. You get a short message today. Today's Baptism Sunday. But I want to use an illustration that I've used a lot of times. But it's one of my favorites. And there are new people here that's not heard it. And they're worth me sharing it. And you that already heard it, you can take it again. The Australia, or the American that was in Australia on business, and as his usual norm was, he got up, put on his jogging outfit, and began jogging on the beach. And he had jogged for 15 or 20 minutes, and then he saw something way in the distance, and Kind of got his attention. He jogged a little bit faster. And he seen a boy, little boy was about, oh, probably a teenager. He was throwing something back into the ocean. And boy, he just, this really kind of gigged him. So he just went a little bit faster. And finally got up there and stopped and seen what was going on. As for thousands of years, how the ocean would do, it would bring that huge wave in the middle of the night and it would let those starfish, it gathered him starfish and it just blanketed, blanketed the beach. But unfortunately, the even bigger wave, which had always happened, for some reason didn't. And those starfish were just littered across the beach. And the little boy, knowing, living in that area, he knows that the sun's going to be up real quick and real hot, and these starfish won't survive. And he is frantically throwing them starfish back into the ocean. And the businessman watched him for about a minute. And then he said, son, what are you doing? And the boy stopped. He goes, I'm throwing these starfish back in. They're all going to die. And the businessman said, 
look ahead of you. There are thousands of these. The sun's already out. There are thousands of these, tens of thousands of these. You can't make a difference. And that little boy, he looked at that starfish, and he looked at that businessman, and he looked back at that starfish, and he said, it'll make a difference to this one, and he threw it in. Are we going to reach everybody? No. But the ones we reach, it'll make a difference to them. It'll make a big difference to them. And one of the greatest ways we can reach people is with compassion. You'll never browbeat anybody into the kingdom of God. Never will. And if all you've got, like we, like we heard on Wednesday night Bible study, if all you've got is the law of God in your head, that's not enough. You need the love of God in your heart. The Pharisees, all they had was the law of God in their head. They needed the love of God in their heart. Let's all stand. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you, God, for the strength that you gave me today to be able to preach this message. And Lord, we're praying also for those that are here that God, perhaps you are knocking on their heart right now. All they need to do is to just bow before you and say, Jesus, save me. I know I'm a sinner. I know I need you to get to heaven. Please save me. Touch their hearts now. In Jesus' name. My only hope, the reason I can stand, comes from the blood that flows from nail-pierced hands. I will not fear, for you will never change. Bow at the cross, cross that bears your name.
It is our prayer that you have been blessed as you've listened to this message. If you would like to become a partner with this ministry, please contact us here at Orchardville Church. You can visit our website at orchardvillechurch.com or you can contact us by phone at area code 618-835-2677.